0: Welcome to the RLT Pivot Podcast, where each week we discuss a trading topic in a way that will provide encouragement, inspire growth, vanquish fears, offer solutions, and take you to the next level in your trading journey. So get ready as we dive in right now. welcome back, everyone, to another RLT Pivot Podcast. My name is Tracy. I am once again joined with my amazing co-host, Mr. Dan Jansen. How are you, sir?
1: Doing tremendous. Always good to be back for another episode of the Pivot Podcast. Special guest, special friend. We got Shani on the line with us to talk a little bit about her strategies. Uh, also, just in regards to um, we, we have real-life trading Australia, which he helps to oversee as well. So I want to dive into all those topics. Uh, Shani, how are you?
2: Yeah, great. Great. Thank you very much. It's awesome to be here.
1: Doing good. Um, Tell us a little bit about yourself. What got you into trading in the first place?
2: Okay. A bit of an interesting backstory, I guess. Um, I have a a daughter and she uh, has a life-threatening illness and um, I I brought her up as a single mum, And so everything that I've done has always had to be really, really flexible because quite often we'll spend a lot of time in hospital and things like that. And... I did all of these different jobs over the years, and i had a number of businesses and things like that. And then eventually, um, I thought, mm, I've always wanted to trade. So I started, you know, looking at it and started doing a little bit of trading. And eventually, I found RLT Australia. I've been with RLT Australia about three years. Um, and absolutely love trading and love the flexibility. So I owned a real estate agency it was one of my last, um, uh, positions. I was a realtor. I think you call them here, but owned a real estate agency. And incidentally, it was the only female agency in, um, Australia. Oh, sorry. The only female agency in the city that I'm from, which is Ballarat in Victoria. And I just found I was so busy with that and that I sold that in, March of last year and um, became a full-time trader. I love it. I love the flexibility um, and, yeah, it just allows me to, you know, have the freedom to, you know, as an example, be here in America um, at the
0: moment. It's great. And are you an options trader or share trader?
2: I do do a little bit of both. Given that I'm here in Australia, I don't necessarily trade uh, day trade because our markets and our times are completely different. The Australian markets move very slowly, so I trade the American markets. So I'm generally an option and share trader, but I'm a swing trader. Um, it allows me to place those trades for longer, and also I'm a crypto trader. I love crypto because it's twenty four seven.
1: When you say when you say you're swing trader, what's your average hold time?
2: sometimes I do leaps so they can be a lot lot sort of longer um but generally it'll be a week plus gotcha okay
1: is yeah. there so when you're finding because we do have a lot of um newer traders or I mean just people that want to know different perspectives of how other people view the market is there certain types of setups that you look for is there the, the fallback that you'd like to to find what's your sweet spot As for is your ideal perfect trade if there is such a thing
2: look I'm um really invested in the 10 EMA strategy at the moment. I actually love the 10 EMA, and particularly while I'm over here, I'm able to day trade, which is great. Uh, I do love the Tesla snapback as well. Um, but, it, yeah, I, I guess in Australia with the uh, – the, the difficulty that we have with the time frame, um, we tend to be a little bit more versatile in our trading. Whereas I, I find that, um, you know, talking with the traders over here, they're able to day trade, so they are a lot more regimented in their style and, and tend to generally stick more to one style than than Oh, wonderful!
0: Now. You were a full-time real estate agent, or whatever you call it, in Australia, and you transitioned into full-time trader. What was the greatest obstacle that you had to overcome in order to do that transition?
2: I think mentally, for me, it was, I guess, there's not a lot of traders in Australia, full-time traders, and I guess for me, it was maybe the stigma Um, because there's a lot of negativity around trading and, and there's always the, oh, you lose money and you're... And a lot of people, I think, don't understand that you can actually make money as the market goes down and I think most people believe that you can only make market. And I guess, logically, I guess for people that makes sense, but when you understand trading, I think the biggest takeaway for me was, oh, okay, the market's down, but I can catch that fall and make money. And it doesn't sound logical, but it's, it's, it's
0: doable, you know. And how long did it take you to get to that place where you felt comfortable quitting your full-time job and becoming a full-time trader?
2: I guess it was the old COVID, you know, um, kind of made me reevaluate and think about things a lot. And I was so busy with real estate and the only work. Reason I've gotten into real estate was because my daughter was a little bit older now um, and I wasn't as hands on. She's 26 this year. And I think I sort of thought, well, you know, it, it, it's just not where I want to be. And I thought, well, I want to spend more time with her and want to do more things. And so COVID really made me reevaluate, I guess. And I just thought, well, I'll take a plunge. And I knew that I was successful with a job. Why wouldn't I? I logically thought, well, why wouldn't I be successful without a full-time job? So I just went, okay, I'm doing it, and I did it, and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Best thing I've ever done. I wish I had have done it. Oh, my only regret is not learning really trading. You know, from seven, eight years old.
0: <laughs> I agree with you. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Sure, oh, does your daughter, daughter
2: trade? I- no, she doesn't. She's um not a numbers kind of girl. She's and. Yeah, her life is uh, very, very full with her trying to look after her own health and all of those kinds of things. So uh, she's a hairdresser and um, a, she works as a, a well, line from a song, a waitress in a cocktail bar. Um, and, yeah, she um, loves it. She's very, very good at it. Wonderful. She does a little bit of crypto, actually. So, <laughs> yeah, she does trade,
1: a little so, bit of crypto. What's well, interesting to say that uh... – that she's not a numbers person. Would you consider yourself a numbers person?
2: Um, I am, but I know many traders that aren't. Um, and I, I hope that not being a numbers person doesn't put people off. Um, Savannah does crypto. My daughter, Savannah, she does crypto. Uh, but she's not, wouldn't be an options person or a swing trader. That sort of doesn't suit her personality. But I think the biggest thing to me is that I kind of went around things the wrong way at the start. So what I did was adopted a trading plan and then sort of made my life fit my trading plan. What I should have done is looked at my, my, my time available and my budget and then made my trading plan or adopted a trading plan that fitted around that. And that's what I've now done. But originally, you know, trying to look at day trading. Australia, it was like trading was becoming a hassle to me. And then I thought, why am I doing it this way? I was trying to stick to my plan, but my plan was wrong for me. Um, and so now I do things differently, and I don't day trade because um, I don't have to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so Savannah trades a bit of crypto, um, and that suits her lifestyle.
0: That's a really great takeaway. Um- To build your trading plan around your lifestyle versus putting your lifestyle into a trading plan. Yeah. Would you say that trying to fit your life into a trading plan contributed to some bad habits or anything like that?
2: Oh, absolutely.
0: Yeah,
2: (laughs) And some big losses because I would procrastinate about... You know, setting an alarm to get up, and and you know, procrastinate about those kinds of things, and then I wouldn't do it, and I'd find excuses, and human emotion would take over, and I didn't even realise that I was pushing my trading to the background until I looked at my accounts and went, "Oh, okay, <laughs> I haven't traded for a while." Um, so I think that that was the most important important thing for me to understand and to take away was that. Oh, hang on. I'm trying
0: to fit a plan. The plan needs to fit me. That is a great, like I said, I love that. We set out a challenge to our listeners a couple months ago to build a trading plan and then submit it. And now they're back trading that trading plan. And I wanna throw that note back out to our listeners to reevaluate and go back and look at your trading plan and ask yourself, does this trading plan fit my lifestyle or am I fitting my lifestyle into this trading plan? And maybe you know, take Shawnee's advice here and take some tweaks, maybe, you know, either throw it out the door and look for something different that would fit your personality or, um, continue going with it. If you know that it works for you.
1: Yeah. Great. That's awesome. I would say a lot of people will do that. So like we have the sample trading plan on, on real life com. people could go and just use that plan if they want. But again, each individual is different. Um, same thing with the style of trading. Like some, some people might love the 10 EMA. Some people just might not fit into their own personal style, their own risk-reward. Um, it, it's Everyone's got a little bit different of just on how you, how you brought up, your, just your tolerance based on everything. So I do think it's important for traders to find their comfort zone, find find the spot that works for them, and then kind of build that, that plan around whether it's your timing, your schedule. Um, if you're a better swing trader than a day trader, I mean, there's nothing nothing wrong with that as long as you're you're making money and able to yeah. to be able to, to live out your the lifestyle that you want. So I think that's very important. If if people are horrible at day trading, swing trade like don't day trade. Right? There's there's people that are in the mentor group that I have, and they're like, "Uh, this is actually a past mentor group," but they're like, "Yeah, well my all my wins are good after ten thirty a.m. So about an hour after the market." The first hour I'm getting killed. I'm like, so stop trading it. Like, just just stop. Like, don't don't trade it. There's no reason to. But uh, people people get caught up in the emotion, or this person's doing that, and this person's doing this. So I need to copy both. So, um, it was that was that a, a little bit of a trap that you fell into? You were just trying to mold yourself into what others were doing, or
2: absolutely, yeah. I was I was taking the plan very literally um and looking at different plans and originally like I said you know attempting to day trade but that didn't suit you know like I may be at the hospital with my daughter and you know in the night we're desperately trying to get some sleep I don't really want to be trying to find a quiet space in the hospital and and, you know trade and set alarms and things like that but I love day trading but what I've been able to do now is day trade crypto because Mm. um I can. It's 24-7 in Australia. Um, I mean, we have our markets open, but our markets are very slow um, and low, lower priced compared you know, to the American markets. So, I don't have a, a great passion for the Australian market, but I do for the American and the crypto. So, yeah.
0: I hear you. I feel the same way about the Canadian markets there. They're quite slow. So they're open yeah. at the same time, but I choose to trade the American markets for the same reason. The liquidity is better. Yeah. Yeah. So
2: it's a lot more exciting, and it's um, yeah, it's kind of like whether or you know, second cousin kind of thing, where we're, we're really <laughs> slow, and it's like, oh, really? You know, move three cents, and it's like, oh my goodness.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, how did you overcome? the stigma that's associated with being a trader in Australia. It's a
2: it's a personal thing, so and it's still you know, I face it nearly every day, nearly everybody I speak to and at the start I was quite I didn't change my profile to say I was a, a stock market trader and crypto trader. I didn't, you know, in my various you know, my LinkedIn and my Facebook and all of those sorts of things. Um, and I often didn't tell people, you know, what I, what I do. It's kind of like in Australia, if you work for the tax department, you sort of don't tell anybody, you know, your job. <laughs> <at all. laughs> but, um, uh, so I didn't sort of tell people a lot and my, my you know, my extended family and things like that. But now I'm really proud of what I do. So it was a real, it had to be a mind shift <laughs> me and i know my results i know what i'm doing you know i'm the one that last year got to travel for five months in my new motorhome um you know i'm the one that gets to go out in my jet ski and, and have a wonderful time and i've got the freedom to do it i've got the time to do it i have the finances now to do it um so i i took all of those things and and thought well you know be proud of what you do don't worry about what other people think only worry about yourself and what you think um, so yeah it was a bit of a mind shift and like I said some people you know are still like on oh, you trade the market's so down I mean, you know are you okay and I'm like yeah I'm fine thanks um, you can make money in a down market like and they're like <laughs> so you know but some people are just oh I could never do that but yeah you just got to be proud of what you do I think
1: yeah I think I, I think there's a little stigma as far as trading go i don't I don't know why, but the, I think there's a little bit of a stigma but it's usually the people that are judging others who do something that have never actually done it themselves. They've only heard about yes. rumors or they'll turn on cNBC once in a while and see the market down a thousand points like oh, this but but to really fully understand the market how to trade how to be able to to move shares, play momentum, things like that, it's a whole different bull game from just long term investing buy hold which their retirements are connected to it, their, their lifestyles are, are connected to their portfolios and that's all they really know. So I think, I think, yeah. I think um, it's important. I think real life trading as a community is, is um, doing as much as we can. And I think making progress on breaching some of that just stereotype around, around trading in the markets in general.
0: No, that's interesting, yeah. Dan. Cause I, I think that just all the jobs out there that somebody would date, you're either making something, you're, or providing a service, there's something that you're doing in exchange for money. And when you're trading, you're trading for money. Like it's, I think that's why. So people look at trading and think, well, you're doing it because you're greedy. And that's, I think, the association instead of recognizing, well, no, it's a skill and we're doing something that we enjoy and it is a skill, just like playing mm-hmm. hockey or playing soccer or playing basketball, or whatever. We're not providing entertainment for somebody else, but it's still a skill and we're exercising that skill. And in exchange for that, we are getting paid uh, money. That's just the way it is. Yeah. So I think that's kind of where the association comes from, but that's just my own opinion.
2: Yeah. Well, when I was um, learning to trade, um, I've got, you know, different degrees in, in different things, biomedicine and forensic science. And when I was – um Learned to trade. I I sort of treated it a little bit like a degree. Mm. Um, I was really regimented, and I did not trade until I felt confident. Um, I, I paper traded. I did not trade until I felt confident in my live account, and that's was been really beneficial to me. I, I think
0: that's great. Now, I was going to ask you what personality traits do you have that that you think contribute to making you a great trader
2: um I
0: think' I'm, I'm a little
2: bit I'm, I'm fairly fast thinking um I learnt by my mistakes I didn't just continually make mistake after mistake. I mean it, it wasn't a mistake it was a you know it was more of a learning curve um, and I think that I was I was quite you know quite, uh, adamant that I wouldn't trade until I felt confident to trade because it's when you're trading with your, uh, demo account or, or trading with a paper account, you're a little bit more flippant and you sort of, you know, ah, it's not real money. Uh, you know, lost, you know, $10,000. Uh, whereas when it's your own money, it, it puts a pressure on you. So I try to make myself believe that the paper account was my money. Mm. So I was more emotionally involved and not so flippant about it. So I think the, the, um, being regimented, um, you know, taking it seriously, um, setting some goals and having a reason why I'm trading, um, yeah, they're the main things. I think my personality, uh, I can be a little bit distracted <laughs> and that doesn't play play into it well for me. But if I set aside time, um, to do my trading, and that's obviously according to which plan I'm, I'm using at the time, um, then that works really well. So being structured I think helps me. I also trade in Australia. Um, we self-manage our – we can self-manage our superannuation, which I think is your 401K. I'm not sure. Um, and so I trade that um, as well to build up my, you know, funds for retirement, and I'm quite – regimented about that and that's a different trading plan because it's going to be a it's longer doesn't provide me with an income it provides me with financial freedom in the future so you know to be flexible um helps me as well because of the different styles that i need to adapt or adopt with the different you know the
0: different accounts that i trade right oh that's excellent now can you share a little bit about rlt australia what it's about yes
2: yeah Oh, We have a great community. It's really awesome. We have Ricky Cadden, um, in Australia and I sort of back up Ricky and, and do things with Ricky. Um, we have a trading room where we meet every Monday, Wednesday and Friday night. Um, we, um, yeah, do different types of swing trading. Um, the community is very involved in, in our, you know, when we go into our trading rooms. We, um, yeah, just, uh, you know, go around and have meets. I've flown to different states within Australia I've met with many of our members. When I was traveling in the motorhome, um, I was able to catch up with many, many people um, and, you know, just actually meet them in person, which was wonderful. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's a little bit different to um, America um, because of our markets and because we generally meet in the evening when things aren't open, but we set up our swing trades and, you know, ready for the market to open later on in the evening. Um, but, yeah, it's a great community. I've learnt so much. Um, Ricky's really, you know, helpful and very, very hands-on. And, um, yeah, so anyone can reach out to Ricky or myself um, and get any information that they want. So, yeah. And having the Slack channel that we all communicate with is fantastic.
0: That's perfect. Now you'll send me your contact information so I can post it in the links below for our listeners so they can get in touch with you. Now, do you guys offer mentorships at all?
2: We do. Um, We've just at the moment we've actually had one that's been hosted by Jeremy Newsom, which has been amazing. Um, and we are looking at having a specific one regarding self-managed superannuation funds. It's a particular strategy, so that's something that we do. And if there's enough interest in a particular area, and it is an area that we specialise in, we're more than happy to set up a mentor group for, you know, if we if we get class numbers.
0: That's wonderful. So I, I can yeah.
1: speak to the for the US aspect, uh, but real life trading is obviously we're all about education as far as how to trade the markets, what the markets are, um, how to take financial control. What would you say outside of like real life trading in Australia? What would you say the actual education is around finances in in Australia?
2: Oh, (laughs) non-existent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for a, a long, long time before I even became part of RLT, you know, the the, the entire RLT, global RLT, my um, belief that the finance education for in our secondary system and, and even tertiary system is, is virtually non-existent. You know, so we get kids educated from high school and they come out and they don't understand what tax is. They don't know what superannuation is. They have no concept of budgeting, no concept of allocating money by a percentage to, you know, put into investment, to saving, to, you know, all different areas that are of need. And so, so many people in Australia literally live week to week um, and if they lose their job, um, which COVID was a prime example, if they lose their job, they have no backup they don't have any money that they can, you know, and they don't know how to do that. They don't know how to put money aside. Um and they the only they have such a job mentality. The only way that you can make money is through a job. And we all know they just over broke the job. Um but yeah it, it's non existent. So when I came across real life trading Um, I must admit, when I saw all the free education, I kept thinking, there's gotta be a catch. You know, there's gotta be a catch. But there was no catch. Uh, and then I got more and more involved and realized, wow, this is really, really special. It's one out of the box, you know? Um, and I guess it's human nature to be a little bit skeptical, I guess. But, um, I'm quite ashamed of the fact that I was skeptical. but um yeah but education wise I mean, we don't have a
0: lot i was skeptical too so that oh, oh yeah. absolutely and I, you know what i think that people especially in this area should be skeptical because there's a lot of people out oh. there that will take your money and give you nothing um so yeah i, I yeah. would keep that amount of skepticism but check it out yeah. like I that. yeah
2: Sorry, I had that experience and that's how I came to RLT. I was mixed up with another trading group prior to RLT um, and I know so many people who were burnt um, and, yeah, very, very um, sad. Um, they don't really have any um, way to, you know, recover from that but um, a few of those people are now RLT members and are back, you know, Um, and trading and trading really profitably, which is fantastic. And they just appreciate the support so much that that RLT offers. Um, But, yeah, I I was in another group and, um, yeah, it was, yeah.
0: So aside from learning from the age of seven or eight or from starting out with real-life trading right away, what would Mm -hmm. be one thing that you would have liked to have done differently? I think,
2: Marty, being, being more aware of, of how important the skill of money, mm-hmm. the skill of wealth and the, and the mindset around wealth is, it's paramount to, it, it, it's just so, it's, it's all, it's fundamental. It should be natural, but it's not natural. It's, it is a skill. It is an education. It is a, um, a, you know, something that you need to grow and you need to, like you do with anything, you know, I don't, you don't jump into a car and just drive a car. You learn how to drive a car and you get different people advising you and helping you on how to drive a car. And it's like any skill in life. It doesn't matter what it is. You need to learn that skill, but, we need more pressure, or more, you know, education and understanding. that This is a skill that needs to be needs to be taught, and it needs to be learned, and it needs to be mastered.
0: And it would be completely different for so many people. Mm-hmm. So many, yeah. yeah. Well, Shani, it has been awesome having you with us. We are just about out of time, so uh, we just want to you know, throw out our contest that we've currently got going on. So I want to give everyone a reminder of that. And that is to backtrade your current trading plan and backtrade for at least a month, preferably longer, three months, hundred trades, that type of thing. That's the challenge to you. But the contest itself is to record two of your backtrading occurrences, send them to us with your trading plan so we can see that you're following your rules and then record one, paper trading, uh, experience where you're paper trading your account. So that's the contest. It ends at the end of this month. And again, the winner will get a 30 minute coaching session with Dan and myself, and all of your names will get put into the end of the year challenge or the end of the year draw, where you will win a uh, two hour coaching session with Dan and I for the winner. So Dan, thanks again. And I'll let you finish it off.
1: Yeah, appreciate having you on, Shani. Uh, enjoy the rest of your thank time you. here in the U.S. I know you, you've oh, you yeah, got a whole it. list of itinerary of things you want to get done while you're here. So we'll let you go. We'll let you uh-huh. get on to that. But we do appreciate you coming on to the Pivot Podcast. And thank you. Thank you guys all once again for listening each and every week to the Pivot Podcast. We Thanks will catch having. you guys.